Welcome, Welcome to, to Hearts, Hearts and Other Sex Parts, a podcast about redefining yourself and your relationships. We're your queer hosts. I'm Keely C. Helmick, licensed professional counselor. I'm Stella Harris, certified intimacy educator and sex coach. This podcast strives to represent our own perspectives as individuals, as well as our professional experience. We make all of our conversations body, sex, and kink positive. Our goal is to include voices beyond our own experience whenever possible. Our pronouns are she, her. For every guest we have on the show, we invite them to share their pronouns as well. Today, we are welcoming Elle Chase. Elle is a certified sex educator, author, and body acceptance and pleasure advocate. Elle is certified by the prestigious San Francisco Sex Information Sex Educator Training Program, the American College of Sexologists International, and is also a member of the International Society for the Study of Women's Sexual Health. Elle is considered a powerful thought leader and a key influencer in the sexual health community, most notably for her respected voice in the body acceptance movement. She wrote a book, Curvy Girl Sex, 101 Body Positive Positions to Empower Your Sex Life. She also edited the popular NSFW Totally Naughty Coloring Book and hashtag NSFW Totally Curvy Coloring Book by SheVibe.com. Hey, Elle. Thanks for joining hey. us. Hey. <laughs> thank, thank you for having me. Uh, you have such a wealth of experience. Um, I really oh. appreciate you coming here and talking to us today. Well, I appreciate you asking. Yeah. I've been following your work for years now. Um, we, I've gotten to see you speak a few times. Um, sort of one of the questions we're asking folks when they come on is sort of what brought you on this path? Like what made you decide to work in sex ed? Um, I was, it's a very long story, but I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. (laughs) Um, I was in a, a sexless marriage and I left my husband and I didn't really know what I wanted sexually. I didn't have a lot of experience. And so I went online and I found I found Tumblr porn and I started my own Tumblr porn site, ladycheeky.com, which is still around. And um, I started to search for things that I liked and sort of made it into that site. And as it became more popular, people would uh, message me questions about sexual health and not wanting to turn them away uh, and not wanting to give them the wrong ill-informed answer, I would go and look it up and then I would check it and check it again. And I would make sure I was giving them an accurate, um, science-based answer. Um, and just from doing that, I just, I just had, I just found I had a passion to learn more about it and to be able to preach the sex ed gospel as it were. Um, and, uh, that's how I really got started. I love that. Like you just like, at you start another chapter in your life. Yeah, it was a completely, it was a complete, you know, 180. And so then um, after you did this, this is when, and then you went and, and went to school and did this sexologist and. Yeah. I mean, I did the training programs. I, I'm not, I'm not lettered as it were, um, but I did the training programs and they're, they, they're quite, you know, respected. And, and I got a pretty comprehensive, um, sex education. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I went through with that and, and I started, um, my own blog and I started teaching classes and 
started working on the, um, the body positive aspect of sex. So yeah, you say, you know, body positive, I think there's like these definitions or these words that we talk about that have such a layered amounts of definitions and really personal to each person, personally, that is a personal definition for each. When you are asked, what is your definition of body positivity and, and sex positivity? Um, well, they're two, they're similar and yet, and yet they're different body for me, body positivity means taking one's size of one's body, one's perceived flaws out of an equation. Um, it is, it, it is, it neither makes you sexy nor it, uh, nor does it, uh, make you not sexy. Um, don't, it doesn't make you attractive, nor does it make you unattractive that, um, that your body your your corporeal being, um, has less to do with, uh, sexual fulfillment and, and sexual happiness and feeling sensual and sexy, um, then, you know, we've been taught that's what it sort of means for me. And that can, that can go, you know, through all different kinds of areas, not just sex, but I reach it through, through sex. Um, body positivity, I'm sorry, sex positivity for me means somewhat similar. It's not judging anyone's sexual likes, dislikes, um, how they like to have sex, their sexualities, and, um, and also respecting people who choose not to have sex. It is being open and being understanding and being um, and and being sort of committed to a positive view of sexual pleasure, I guess, in a nutshell. That's what I think, I think it is. That piece of including people who also don't want to have sex is so important because I know what I hear yes. from folks in my office or in my classes as they feel excluded from those spaces because gets used as sort of, let's just all have sex all the time. Yes. Yes. Um, and I've certainly met a, a wide breadth of people uh, from people who are just, not, they're just not in the mood for sex, but they could be if they met the right person or everyone goes through different stages in their life. Um, we have different moods and we have different moods in our sexual appetite as well. And that just naturally changes over our lifetime. So it's completely, completely, I hate using the word normal, but it is completely normal to not have a sex drive and to just not want to have sex or to never have wanted to have sex. That's valid too. Um, it's all, it's, it's all good, you know? So this idea of your body, the size or the way your body looks not being about being sexual or not being sexual. And I think about everything you just said is so awesome. And it goes against so much of the messaging we have in our culture and and society. And I wonder, knowing that as you're saying these awesome words and you have this amazing, this great book and these concepts, how do you help folks or what are some of the things you say to people when they first are talking with you who aren't in that mind space, like they want to, they're not in that headspace. They want to get there, but they're like, well, wait, but you know, society tells me that I need to be, you know, I'll be happy once I'm skinny or society says that sex is only this one way. 
Right. Uh, well, you know, it's not easy. There's no, there's no easy solve to it. It's all a process. And I, I don't believe in saying you have to love your body and you have to love yourself because that's too hard to reach for after being basically, you know, brainwashed from the minute we come out of the womb that we have to be a certain way that society sees us. Um, so what I tell people first is they need to get rid of any media it, within their purview um, that makes them feel bad about themselves. And if that means, you know, only recording things on a DVR and skipping through the commercials or not buying magazines anymore, fashion magazines, um, it, it, to be to look at advertising and media with a critical eye. Because we're all going to have to uh, to see something. It's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. You can't avoid it. So to look at it with a critical eye, and when you find yourself judging yourself or judging others uh, for the way they look or their perceived um, flaws, it's important to recognize and tell yourself where you learned that and that it's not true. It's just a belief that can be changed. Um, and the belief is not organic. We're not born hating the way we look or, or uh, having a proclivity towards any type of look. All of these are learned behaviors. So um, I asked people to just keep an eye out, <laughs> to not keep an eye out, <laughs> and, um, and, and to really, really pay attention instead of just soaking up whatever advertising and media and society feeds us because they make money when we don't feel good about ourselves. It's all about, it's all about money. And I think keeping people in their place and keeping people small, um, no pun intended, but you know, um, <laughs> but it, it's to take away our power It's when we don't feel connected to our bodies. And when we don't feel, um, the inherent pleasure that our bodies give us and the, in, the inherent beauty in just being a human body, um, it, it takes away our voices. So I, again, I first ask people to be critical of everything that they, that they view basically and, um, come back and report to me <laughs> how much they, uh, they, they judged people and how much they judged themselves. Cause when we judge other people, we're, we're also, judging in them what we're afraid of in ourselves. Yeah. And it is so enforced. And I, I hear that from folks when they're getting these messages, you know, not just from the media, but from their friends, family, from yeah. partners. You know, when we see our partners, you know, talking about someone's bodies on TV mm -hmm. and then extrapolate like, oh, they must think that about me also. Um, yeah. Do you have any tips for how people can do that same sort of trimming of, of what, messages they get when it's actually people in their lives and that can feel a lot trickier? Well, you know, I went through this with my marriage when I was married. Um, my ex-husband said, you know, it's not that I'm not attracted to you. I'm attracted to you. I'm just worried about your health, right? Uh... Or I'm worried, you know, that people are going to, um, to chastise you or you won't be able to find a job as uh, as good as as good as you would if you were thinner, right? I heard that from from different people. So I remember being in, just feeling incredibly anxious when he would bring it up, 
And I would say, you know what? I really appreciate the fact that you are concerned about me, but my body is my body and I'm going to take care of it the way I see fit. And um, I'm actually healthy. I've been going to the doctor. I, I have a clean bill of health. My blood pressure is perfect. I don't have diabetes. I'm nowhere near diabetes. You know, all these things. <clears throat> and basically then said to him, um, we're done with this conversation. Nice. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, and if he brings it up again, I would say it's time to to go to counseling because I don't think people who have been put in a space of of feeling like there's something wrong with them are really safe talking about it in a in a way that's not going to hurt their feelings. Um, so I think a mediator who is body positive would be a good, a good suggestion. Mm-hmm. That's so great. Yeah. There is this on that, on that same note, I've been seeing a lot and talking to folks around the healthy at every size movement and, uh-huh. and reforming these conversations about how like you have to look a certain, or if you look a certain way, then you're not healthier. What the idea of healthy looks like, and mm-hmm. policing each other, in in well, it's, yeah, it, it it's not just about what does healthy, what is healthy, and what does healthy look like. It's also about it's none of anybody's business. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> like we are, it, our bodies are ours. And the fact that we are in a certain shape, I have a friend who is five, two and maybe 90 pounds soaking wet. That is just her metabolism. And I've had people come to me and say, she looks really too thin. Like, is everything okay? And I just said, I don't think it's anybody's business. I, I, she can take care of herself. You know, I, I mean, she's she seems healthy. She doesn't seem like, you know, she has, you know, a, a has cancer or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's another thing. You never know what is causing anybody's uh, bodily visage. You know, um, someone could yeah. have a thyroid issue and it causes them to gain weight and someone could have uh could have cancer and it could cause them to lose a ton of weight. Um, it's nobody's business. I had this conversation uh, with a friend recently where she, we were talking about how people feel so free talking about bodies and she had lost a lot of weight and people would come and compliment her on it. And she would just as cheerfully as possible say, thanks, it's the chemo. Um, yeah, which really ended that conversation. It totally ends it. (laughs) And you know, you have to like, at some point, you have to pick your battles, right? Yeah. Because sometimes it's just easier to say, because I recently have lost some weight and I I will have the same people say, oh, you know, hey, you look great. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm really up for the for the fight. Like I'm really I'm like, really? And I didn't look great before? Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, oh, do I look, do, I don't know, I got some sun maybe? And sometimes it's just easier just to say thank you and walk away. And that's controversial in the body positive movement because it's like you should fight for it and you should, you should, you know, help change the conversation. And 
I agree with that to an extent, you know, we all live our lives and we just want to be happy. (laughs) And if you're not in the position or in the mood to confront somebody who is complimenting you on losing weight or asking you about how come you've gained weight, um, that there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you need to take your own temperature and take care of yourself. You posted something on social media about that recently that I really loved about like just because you might be doing something that happens to change your body, like that doesn't yeah. mean you don't love your body in both places. It doesn't sort of make oh, you, yeah. I'm adding my own words now, but like a traitor to the body positive movement. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you can be, I really believe in do what makes you happy. We can't manage where other people are in their lives. Some people might feel secure going on a diet to lose weight. I'm not going to tell them not to, but what I am going to tell them to do is, again, look at media critically. Try and and look at where these ideas of what your body needs to look like um, came from and and ask yourself, is that true for me? Um, You know, I I have another friend who is dieting right now, and she's afraid to tell me about it. And I said, no, tell me about it. If it makes you feel better to do that. Don't have anxiety over not dieting because dieting is bad. Um, You're not there yet. You know, you'll get to a place that you feel comfortable in. But if this is helping you right now, then then go for it. I just ask that you be really, really aware of the reasons that you feel you need to, quote unquote, go on a diet instead of just eating different foods that make you healthier or, you know, physically like giving you protein. I wasn't eating protein at all. So I needed to eat protein. Um, or, you know, eating less of your favorite foods. I don't know, whatever it is that makes you feel good. You should, you should do that and, and, and just keep on the, uh, um, the path of becoming more aware of your beliefs about your body. Well, and that when I'm and when I'm listening to you, I'll, I'm thinking about the again the intersection of the body positive movement, sex positivity, and with food and with nourishing ourselves. As you were talking, it's the difference. I think it's the difference the intention behind it. And yes. so, if you are noticing, and it's it's a fine line, but it if is you're, a fine line. If you're eating and noticing that these foods feel good to you and you feel energized or you're getting, you know, these nourishments to be able to move in the world or to do the work you want to do, that mm-hmm. feeling of shifting how you're eating to feel better and feel mm-hmm. good in your body, that pleasure piece is yep. such a different place to be in than to be, oh, I need to fit into a certain size so that I can wear this certain outfit or I need to look I need to be skinnier or look a certain way to get a partner. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think, I think what it all comes down to, like I was saying before is we just all just want to be happy and we all have to take whatever journey that we're going on because we all have different ones. And somewhere, somehow something's going to spark something in that person that's going to be the thing that makes them see the world in a different way or see themselves in a different way. But I can't dictate to anybody what that is. All we can do is support each other in, in doing what feels right for our bodies. 
and doing what feels right for our psyches and um, and then doing the gentle Lama's birth into becoming more aware of what makes us think in a toxic way and how that affects us every day. Um, yeah. And uh, because anything that's taken to a militant extent is going to alienate a ton of people and it's going to make people feel like they don't belong in the body positive movement or they don't belong in the body neutrality or body acceptance movement. And that's not what you want. You want everyone to be welcome because everyone's at different stages and they all need different things to, to get them over that hump of, of feeling bad about themselves when they wake up, you know? Yeah. And some of that can also take a turn. You know, you're talking about people feeling like they need to be a certain way to date or to find a partner. I certainly right. hear that all the time from folks. Um, and then on the flip of that, sometimes you see people sort of getting fetishized for certain body attributes yes. or their particular size or um, people using particular things um, as a compliment, which can sometimes be sort of a generational thing. But I've had clients, yeah. you know, uh, women around my age in their 40s and and saying, you know, they're dating younger men who keep talking about their fat ass and they're just like, you know, clenching up and hating this thing that the other person in a misguided way means as a compliment and it's not coming across right. that way. Um, yeah. and I think people don't understand that it can still be, you know, it's problematic or fetishizing, even if you think what you're saying is nice, if it's still reducing someone to a body yeah. type or body parts. I agree. I, I mean, I do agree with you that I think it is uh, mostly right now generational. I think people are becoming much more aware that they need to watch what they say and therefore what they think about what they say. Um, I also think it's geographical. There are certain patriarchal systems that are still in place. Um, I mean, we live in a patriarchy, but I mean, specifically in, in sort of the family model that teaches, uh, that teaches young boys uh, that women should look a certain way and, and, uh, and, and nourishes that idea. Um, but I think it's changing and I think it will change as long as we change. I think we've made such huge movements in, um, bringing body acceptance and body positivity to the fore that, um, I don't think we're going back. I think we found our voices and they're well, just going to get louder. And then there's this, this layering, you know, where there's this layering of then bring in gender and mm -hmm. bring in sexuality. And I'm mm -hmm. thinking about how, and especially we're talking about generationally, I'm seeing younger generations just like taking the world by storm and being like, you think this is how I'm supposed to look? Or this is, you know, right. this, this way I was born. Like, no, I'm going to fuck all this shit up. And yep. this is what looks good to me. And, and seeing when, when seeing in the media, seeing representation of different looking people is so empowering. Like where we're talking about where oh, media yes. can be so disempowering. I'm thinking about like shows I'm watching right now where I'm like, oh my gosh, look at, there's a queer person. Oh my gosh, look at, yeah. there's this non-binary person. There's this, there's this, per, you know, there's this trans person having sex. Whoa, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, it helps to support the work that you do by uh, by consciously negating 
all the old messages. You know what I mean? It supports that. And it, uh, it makes people feel like they have more permission. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, and so that empower, you know, we were just talking to um, someone else and I, I'm thinking about the, like that when you go against the grain and like are empowered by being like, I am doing what I, the messaging, I'm doing the opposite of what messages is saying. And I'm really empowered by that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I 100% agree. 100%. And I feel like in your um, book, I'm, you do I, that. I feel like in your, when I, at least when I was reading curvy girl sex one one, I, I feel like you were doing that in the book. Well, I wanted it to be inclusive of all genders and sexualities and any kind of expression that anyone could think of. And I had to do that within the, the bubble that is publishing, that is, you know, the publishing world. But, um, you know, they listened and they allowed me to have, uh, have trans people in there and have different, you know, have lesbians and gay men and, you know, all different kinds that you could sort of read into different illustrations and also talking about how, um, how different genders and uh, different sexualities uh, come into play. So I think that um, I hope that I was, that I was successful in that. Um, I don't know. (laughs) You're talking to a a straight cis woman. So I think you did a pretty, I'm as, as a cis queer woman, I, I, I felt represented. Yeah, no, oh, I think good. it's a great resource. I've I've suggested that to a lot of clients because I absolutely get people who feel like, I mean, it's hard enough to find any sex ed information, let alone sex ed information that people feel like represents them. Yeah, uh, so yeah, yeah thank send, you. Send people to to Powell's here locally to, to grab that one all the time. Yay, thank uh, you. So we're, we've talked a few times sort of about that, the dating and partner finding peace and how fraught that can be. Uh, which yes. seems like it ties in nicely. I know you're you're promoting a new dating app that I've checked out a little bit. Um, yeah. And I do a lot of helping people figure out how to meet people. I teach a class about dating. So I'm always super excited about new resources on that front. Can you tell us a little about yes. that? Yeah, it's called Hashtag Open. And it is, the I think, I think the first uh, fully inclusive, fully diverse uh, dating app that's out there. Um, you can actually be included. It, there's, there's, there are hashtags for all different kinds of sexualities, sexualities that are sort of in a, even in a click of people that, you know, that you've made up this, this, um, identity, uh, that matches what you feel. Um, and it's also for monogamous straight people, poly people, it's very diverse. It's age diverse. Um, uh, you know, I am a uh, monogamish, <laughs> straight, cis female and who's looking for a relationship. So how do you find that on other apps and not get sexualized immediately by having even the slightest hint of non-monogamy? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but 
I can't even tell anyone I'm a sex educator because oh, no. <laughs> I, exactly because immediately <laughs> it's like, oh, really? What do you teach? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I bet you you've heard a lot of I bet you know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, and it's like you think you're you're going to be picking somebody who's not going to do that. And then all of a sudden you get that. And it's like, wow, wow, wow. And I really was complaining that there was no place where I could actually state my sexuality and what I do for a living um, without being sexualized. And I found that that's possible on open, which is nice. And I've also found that the people on open are much more body diverse and much more, um, uh, attracted to accepting of neutral about body size. Mm -hmm. Um, it's also great for people who are kinky, for have all different kinds of kinks, looking for all different kinds of relationships. Um, from Polly, I want a girlfriend. I saw one today. I want a girlfriend to join me and my wife. Um, so it really doesn't leave anyone out. And another thing that I love about it is that the terms of service were all gone over uh, by a queer feminist sex educator um, Yay. who I, who I know personally. Yes. I mean, it's, it, and she went over it like with a fine tooth comb and they agreed to everything that she had to say. They wanted her to put in place things that would really speak to the rest of us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do we get to know the um, person? Is it public? Yes, who did it, this? It's, uh, I, th- I think so. Jacqueline Friedman. Okay. okay awesome. Sweet. Yeah. One thing I loved um, when I was playing with it. Um, I mean, I think that probably the closest descriptor for me right now is solo poly but as I was filling out my profile I really loved that you had a chance you could have an individual profile and a couple's profile that you could toggle between really easily Um, yeah so if I ever am back in the in the unicorn hunting market um, that would be a lot easier whereas you know people sort of find ways to shoehorn that feature into other apps but you need to have you know, different yeah. email addresses and log out of one and into another. And it's, it's kind of a hassle. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I love that too. And, um, I, I, I just, I love that they are dedicated to it they, for every new profile that anyone opens, they'll donate a dollar to uh, Planned Parenthood, which is also great up to $69,000. So they've basically committed $69,000 to Planned Parenthood. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I've just had a really great personal experience with it, and um, and I know other people have because I would never, ever, ever talk about anything that I wasn't fully behind. So that's awesome. I'm so glad so to that, have a new yeah. resource to send people to because I feel like just about everything I recommend, it always has so many asterisks. I'm like, well, you can use oh this, God, yeah. but like X, Y, and Z, but look out for this or be prepared for this thing. Um, yeah, which is awful you're when you're like sending me, people who are, you know, very new to this and, and very nervous about it. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, and, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but I I miss the Craigslist casual encounters. <laughs> I've had many a good time on that. And, you know, if you're looking for something casual, um, this is also a place that you can go kind of like, you know, uh, Craigslist. Mm-hmm. in a way. I, I've kind of used it that way as well. So, so yeah. Um, awesome. So in addition to finding um, the dating app, how can people find you if they want to read about more of your work or work with you directly? Um, you can find me at L Chase, E-L-L-E Chase, 
Um.com. And I'm the L Chase on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and Lady Cheeky is ladycheeky.com. Um, if you want your NSFW hit of really good, sensual, passionate porn, uh, that's a good place to go. And for hashtag open, um, go to spell it out, hashtag open.com. Do a slash and then L, E-L-L-E. Um, so they know that uh, you came from this podcast. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for talking to us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Thank you, guys. Thank you.